Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following big interview was posted in full for our socios, our members, our supporters at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter last season, which, in case you've forgotten, was 2018-19. Sign up there and you get these extra interviews 12 months in advance of everybody else, and who doesn't like to be ahead of the game? You'll have bonus content as well and a more interactive experience in general. For the rest of you, here's what the socios were listening to this time last year. I'm Graham. This is the big interview. Our guest uh, this week is Simon Stainrod. Have I taken a risk? Maybe. Simon's greatest playing days were perhaps before some of you began watching football. Not before mine. And many of you I know will not only remember Simon as an outrageously gifted but also outrageously cheeky footballer. And I mean that in the best possible sense. The ball, to him, wasn't simply a friend, but a friend with whom he could get out and do ridiculous things on a Saturday afternoon or a Wednesday night. To my way of thinking, he came from a special family. Now, I don't mean the Stainrods, much as though I guess, given how Simon's turned out, they must be pretty special, but that family that included Frank Worthington, Stan Bowles, Duncan McKenzie, Tony Curry. And in the modern time, Zidane, Valeron, Chabi Prieto, men of um, impressive size, height, power sometimes, but unified by being witty, creative, anarchic. We call them mavericks. I call them one of the main reasons that you and I love football. Beyond that, Simon is a special man. He's funny, he's a really good friend to have. He's intelligent, he's inquisitive, he takes risks, he's hell of a good fun to go out with. Falkirk fans, this is going to be, I predict, the only wonderful footballer of European class who ends up tearful at the memory of Falkirk Football Club and Brockville. This is a guy who I first met, he tells me, <laughs> at Dundee when he was manager, a guy with whom I mucked about during uh, World Cup 98 in France, a guy whose wedding I went to, a guy who every time I talk to him either makes me laugh or makes me learn something new. 
he is as entertaining off the pitch as he was on the pitch and you're going to hear that now this is Simon Stainrod at his best one of the most entertaining men and footballers you could ever wish to know about By now, you know the kind of thing I'm going to say because for better or worse, you've been listening to me and our wonderful guests on this series. This, fittingly, given that it's Simon Stainrod, is a first. We're in one of those beautiful London Victorian structures, sitting beneath a steel and glass canopy in St Pancras Station. Across from me is an internationally renowned, talented, maverick, clever footballer who's looking at me with grave, grave doubts. And therefore... Although you'll hear him snorting with laughter at some of my questions, you'll also hear the Eurostar pulling out, some announcements about security. For the moment, we've got Simon Stainrod. Bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? You see, uh, Simon's got it all. Talent, looks, and the French language. Simon, I want to get straight to the nub of the matter. See you had a bout of insomnia. Which sport would you put on the television to induce sleep? <laughs> Now, yeah, football. Why? It's all the same. Yeah. No imagination, no mavericks, no fun. Everything's measured, everything's controlled. Pitches are all perfect, balls are all perfect, boots are all perfect, fans are all perfect. Ish. Ish. Are you saying it's a kind of Stepford Wives, like robotic production line, everything's the same and it's all controlled? Groundhog Day, Stepford Ooh. Wives. Oh, nice. But, like, if that's the case, what, for your personal taste, have we lost? What are the things that are absent that, if you could do a sort of laboratory experiment and re-inject them into football, should come back? Bad pitches? No, you don't need bad pitches, you don't need bad poles, but what you do need is to play in adverse conditions, not weather conditions, conditions whereby you might have to battle for 10 minutes with an injury. You might have to challenge yourself mentally to be able to fight against something that can't be replaced immediately by the second, the third sub. The, the, the safety element in the game now is just not a combat sport anymore. I mean, The reason I played football was because I'd seen George Best playing. And what I saw was a bullfighter. Somebody that he put the red cloth out and he said, come and kill me. And that's exactly what the sport likes now. There, there is only one that's doing it, and that's, that's messy. Everybody knows the name George Best, even to this day, because like Elvis, like Marilyn Monroe, he's become an icon, an icon that's deserved because he was, he was beautiful, he was the world's first big football superstar even though there had been famous players before him he was divinely gifted he had gifts like Messi I think there are some similarities in, in what they do with a slalom with the ball but that, that thing about come and get me if you can why did that appeal to a young Simon Stainer what did you see that you liked in that that you had to be different that you had to use skill and not strength and that you had to uh, have a, uh, a real imagination and you know as a kid growing up I used to be in a garden and 
pretending to play against Norman Hunter or pretending to play against Tommy Smith. And, and, <laughs> Two and, good names and, to choose. And I'm and I'm like in my mind, yeah. I'm like Alan Hudson or George Graham. No, George. You know, I know. I see you frowning there, but George was like very, very slick and very, very cool. And uh, you know, I, I like watching George because he, Stroller. He was called Stroller for a reason. He, he had an unbelievable Stroller's attitude to the game, and yet was the French word is efficace, which is like you're just very, very uh, util. You, you, the right things happened. Yeah, you, you don't have to run around like a maniac. You don't. You don't have to be told where to be what to do you just know it and I never played football to be a success I never played football to earn money I never played football to win anything I played football for fun and I played football for fun practically all my life it's funny when you say that I often say so people might be tired of hearing it I wish there was a visual series because that stained rod grin has started crept from your eyes to the sides of your mouth now and I, and I know that's not only when you're telling the truth, but when it comes from the heart and it's absolutely spot on. There'll be a lot of people we know, um, because when I said on Twitter that I'd had the best morning of my Euro, Eurocopa two years ago and put a picture of you and me grinning like idiots into the... There was a flood of people. Is Simon coming on the big interview? So there's a lot of people who know you and know the people we've been talking about, but there have been an awful lot of people who are too young to know about Osgood and Worthington and Hudson and Stan Bowles, even Peter Barnes. Let's stop a while at Tony Curry. People don't remember Tony Curry. Just help us with first time you saw him, but a real time description. What does he look like? What was the? Because to me, I'm already envisaging, you know, the size of the athlete, the balance, the grace. You know, the 70s hairstyle, mm. which was kind of like. I'm pretty sure that Royal Rovers has modelled on him, but. I'll shut up and, and over at the guy who knew him. He's just the nicest person you could ever meet until you got in the dressing room just before a game, at which time he took over completely and just insisted that everybody gave him the ball every, every time they got it. That was all he wanted. He said, every time you get it, just give it to me. It will be all right. And uh, he had an unbelievable faith in his ability to transport players that weren't on his level to better things and um, he had to be a little bit careful because he'd got knee injuries but in training you know he's he's a bear he's like you know he's quite a hairy fella right you wouldn't have to dress him up much to 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 be a bear he can pick people up with one hand you know I've seen him holding off people with his arm out shielding the ball and they're really having a go at him to, to, to get it and it's it's like nothing to him but he he is he, he has a strength, physical strength, that I've never seen in another player. And he's at Sheffield United, he's a director now, Sheffield United. Uh, I was watching my son training, so and he stopped the car and said, uh, What are you doing here? I'm like, Oh, TC, nice to see you. And he came out and gave me a love light and broke three ribs. He's like, <laughs> He's just he's just the strongest man. But back in the day the as well, like he was very much of the 70s, and that. So he, I, I, as a kid watching him on television, I could see the sway, I could see the balance. For me, 
body shape and movement when he was on the ball and when he wanted to sell a lie to a player and go yeah. on tell him to go one way and he'd go the other. He reminded me a little bit, or him and Zidane have things in common. Very, very similar to Zidane, and Zidane is also superhuman in his strength. Like you know, he just he, he can hold off three or four players in one arm whilst working out which trick he's going to do and how he's going to embarrass you. And, uh, and they just see it differently. And uh, TC was, for me, the best player I've ever seen uh, or been on a pitch with. He, he could just do anything. He did struggle a little bit with, with injuries, which you know affected him a little bit mentally, I think. He, he found it hard not to be able to do the things that he could do because he was restricted. They're all happening in his head by, still, by, yeah. but the knees are saying no. You know, we'll pass to Tony in a second, but you talked about entertainment and not only what you tried to do, and but this thing that we've we've fallen in love with, players who would make your journey to a match great, even if your team had lost. Or Did Tony sometimes do things for the sake of flair? Or was the elegance that I saw simply always applied to uh, moving do, the ball upfield was he a showman like you or he'd, not he'd do things for his yeah he was, he'd do things for his own satisfaction he played against Everton and I, I was at this game as a kid and I'd be about 15 or 16 and they were playing Everton when Everton had a really good midfield and Alan Ball was playing against him probably Howard Kendall as well yeah, yeah. and um, Alan Ball had been giving him some stick and they played at Everton and he uh, said ah, Tony Curry he's not this he's not that and um, I don't know what the score was but there was a, a moment in the game I think United were winning maybe 1-0 and um, TC got a ball uh, from a throwing controlled it turned and Alan Ball was in front of him and he sat on the ball actually sat on the ball yeah <laughs> but ain't that what it's about is that not what it's about? Is it, you know, if you go to theatre, do you just got to be bored? <laughs> you know, you go and watch a concert, and uh, you, you want to go and watch some heavy rock, and you get this acoustic guitar out. Yeah, so like, I just love. Uh, uh, you, you get such a chance when you're playing fo- football. If I was a, if I was a defender, I would love to to have the challenge of like trying to hurt me. I would I would love that. You know, th- th- and. That's, to me, it's what it's all about, and it's, it's what has disappeared completely. Over the years, I've seen I've seen others in that. I'm not saying they're the same off the pitch, but I thought I think Letizia fits into the. Oh, he's fantastic! It's the beauty of the internet is that you can see these players now quite easily, and quite often, if I've like got five minutes, I'll just put on Matt Letizia or, or Frank Worthington that goal against Ipswich it's like some people put sort of Barocca in their, in their water in the morning just to give a little yeah, yeah. all you need is a five minute injection exactly. of if you, Frank if, Worthington if, if, if you'll you, pardon the expression if, if, if you watch Matt, Matt Letizia's goals because he actually played just after me really and TV had just moved yeah. on a bit yeah yeah. so you've got more of his action and I'll, I'll watch him and I'm so jealous it's like he's got all these great goals like and uh, you know You've not got so many of the, the just that slight generation before. Do you know what I saw him doing, Simon? And I think that I, I mean I was unlucky in that clearly because when you were um, probably at the peak of your career, I, I, we weren't able in Scotland to be watching you live every week like like now. I mean if I, if there had been blanket coverage of that football, then it doesn't. It wasn't all perfect. There was there was a, a, a spirit of football around Europe, if not England, of Catanaccio. Some of the kicking um, was was brutal and nasty for, yeah, yeah. for no good reason that I, I'm not a fan of. There was hooliganism. So, 
let, let's not sell, you know, porridge and say it's diamonds. But had there been more coverage of players like you and the players we've been talking about, then the numbers watching numbers watching in television would be, you know, quintuple what they are right you think now. So, wouldn't you? You'd think that people no would be moved by, you know, a bit of uh, a bit of artistry, a bit of like taking the Mickey out of somebody. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Play, I, I watched live recently, and I wasn't, I, I hadn't made my mind up about it. I watched him live in a, a friendly game for Brazil against Uruguay and I came away loving him, Neymar. Yeah. He got kicked to death yeah. in this game and he kept getting the ball, kept taking the mickey out of him and he kept, he was like a throwback. He was like, you know, and I, I looked at him and I thought, who would I rather watch, Messi or, or, or Neymar? If, that, if that's your question, you need to you need to watch Messi more because there, there's no, only know, one answer. I, I, I know, and you're right, but... He, I mean, he just he it's, just had such fun getting kicked. I, I'm not a fan of about 35% of what he does or how he lives. and I, I, I kind of wish that you could change that 35% because then at that stage, you'd have a proper competition up the top between the top two right now. He got a couple of megs in this game uh, uh, and 
Cavani is playing against him, and and, uh, and they're having a little bit of a ding dong at each other. Like you know, it's a chance for him to settle a bit, take some club rivalries out with each other. And, yeah, uh, and <laughs> I, I think it was done in good faith. I think they both wanted to have a go at each other, but in the sporting sense, whilst whilst being aggressive. I buy that. It's like if a ball fell between me and Frank Worthington on the halfway line when I was a young kid. It's all off and, until the and, ball's won. And, and like, uh, and I've got a chance. I'm thinking like, oh, I've got a chance of winning Megan, and he did. Uh, Neymar megged him, and it was just. And, and Cavani was after him and after him, and he, you know, he passed it off, and he couldn't do anything about it. See, it that, like, that's what you made me think when you started this little section talking about Tiss. And what I saw in him, like you're talking about Neymar, I wonder if I can not make Cavani. What I see in players like your ilk, the people we talked about, and we stopped on Tiss for a second, is that total faith in themselves total control of the ball and then that recurring thought well I wonder if I can do it this way I wonder if I can draw them and do that I wonder if I can put it through the, the legs this way can I find that corner from this angle can I lob them and then volley it that, that, that curiosity is, is man's inventiveness that will find penicillin and will allow Beethoven and put the notes in the right order it's the yep. same spiritual instinct of going I wonder if I can do it like e- this e- exactly exactly having talked about all these people there's a slight risk in talking about somebody who was exactly like these people but you encountered at the dog end of his career and, and the name is Jimmy or Jinky Johnston um, he, because TV wasn't so prevalent then I don't think you kind of seen much of him for Celtic in the day when Celtic fans particularly those who saw Jockstein's team beat Inter Milan and, and go all the way to the European final before they beat Inter Milan and and reach a European Cup final three years later in 1972. There would have been a lot of people of knowledge who'd have argued that Jinky was one of the great players in the world. And by the time he ends at Sheffield United, age and whatever, means that he's not. But what can you what can you tell me about the late great Jinky Johnson? Well, the first time I saw him playing, my dad got me out of bed and said, "You have to come down and watch this player." Uh, and he was playing in a European game and the pitch was very muddy and he was getting absolutely kicked to death and every time he got kicked to death and he got a free kick they just put the ball down and they give it to him again and they kicked him again and he did, and he got his socks down and that's I used to play my socks down and the, the, the reason is him he's just I loved it first football shirt I ever had was Jimmy Johnston number 7 Celtic this is the reason we do this series because it's sometimes when you ask a question you get the most outrageous thing. I can't believe it. When, when I watched him playing there, I just thought, wish I could do that. What did he still have at Sheffield United? I was Jimmy's chauffeur for a while. He lived not very far from me, so I used to pick him up in the morning and take him to work um, for a licence issue, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, was, he was very funny. He was charming. But I can remember playing some games with him and just thinking, like... How does he do that? It's just like the ball is, is literally tied to his foot. You just, you cannot imagine it unless you're seeing it and you're thinking, you know, he's, you know he's old. But I'm, I'm so glad that I've played with him. But I wish that I just had the memory of him. Do you know what I mean? If I'd just seen him play. Bet365 are our sponsors on this. But I'm pretty sure I know that Steve Freeth has sent this in, and I know why. He's a baggie. And, and Steve is asking, did you really choose Aston Villa over Barcelona? 
it's a bit more complicated than that. But there yes. you go, Steve. I told you. It's, yes, it is. Yes, but um, the, 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 it's a long story. Uh, Barcelona, and I didn't fancy the Juan Gaspar fella who was. He became chairman, I think. He did. He did. He was vice president in your day, and he became president. <coughs> and, it didn't uh, go too well. I'd been to Barcelona. Well, I was in Barcelona. I talked about a contract. We were doing a two-year deal. A two-year deal, partly not just because of your ability, but partly because one of your mentors, a guy who believed in you, Terry Venables, had been recruited from the club you were at, QPR, yeah. to take over in 1984 T- at the T- Camp Nou. TV before he took me to um, uh, over there for a chat. And he was managing QPR. Took me for lunch to a place not far from here in Curzon Street, Mayfair. And uh, we had the same thing to eat, strangely enough. <laughs> it's funny what you remember, isn't it? Smoked salmon. Ah, very nice. And uh, um, he asked me a question. He said, if you could go to a top European team and take a risk or stay at QPR and play to be in Europe, go on, maybe even challenge to win the title, because we've got a good team, and we were going to get better players. He wanted to sign Lineker, you know, uh, he was ambitious. He said, but if you'd been offered uh, a, a big job in a top, top European club, what would you do? And I said, well, I'd go. And he was asking, he was, I thought he was asking for me, he was asking about himself. <laughs> he got me. So, <laughs> so, so I said, no, no. Know you should have asked it differently. That was the only way you were going to read it. I know. So, exactly. <laughs> Who's tapped me up, boss? <laughs> <laughs> so, I can remember scratching my head as I walked out of that meeting. <laughs> so, apart from you doing him and sort of saying, yeah, I'd go, boss, when he was. He asked you to make fair for smoked salmon to ask your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, we went out for lunch and... Uh, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, that's how you should do it. Really. It's a position of respect. So then, obviously, you went uh, uh, to Barcelona and I had a tough time at QPR after he left. I found it difficult training with uh, the people that took over. Alan Mullery. Well, Alan Mullery was one and Frank Sibley uh, was the other one. And when Alan Mullery got the sack, Frank Sibley took over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got sent off in two games for fighting Everton on the Saturday and Ipswich on the Tuesday. <laughs> you couldn't do that now. You'd, no. you'd be banned. So I got suspended by the club for two weeks, and in that time, uh, I got Sheffield Wednesday to buy me. So uh, I went to Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, I had a right laugh with Howard Wilkinson. But Barcelona and Aston Villa, what happened there? You just didn't, you turned Barcelona no, down? No, or? I was uh, at um, Sheffield Wednesday before Aston, Aston Villa. So I'm at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. I played there for about nine months. <laughs> I had, uh, we had a meeting at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and I, I don't know if you remember how they played Sheffield Wednesday, but they were very, very direct. It was like Wimbledon, Watford and Sheffield Wednesday. And, uh, I'm trying to remember your coach, but it doesn't come to me. Howard Wilkinson. Howard, oh my God. So, uh, and he used to be our school teacher, Howard, and we've never got on. I mean, I love him, and I think he's very funny. He's very dry. Misunderstood because he's so dry. But he's so dry that I actually get him, like, you know, I like him. And um, 
he signed me and when we had a meeting before I signed he said what do you think you can bring to the club I said well I'll be able to hold the ball up up front I'll um, make goals and I'll score surprising goals so you get a goal out of nothing every now and again and you know he said well that's exactly what we're looking for he said we're looking to move on to the next step that's exactly what we're looking for so uh, I signed for Sheffield Wednesday which was handy because it's like hometown and all that and I thought you know Premier League it's good crossing like, the divide they but... were doing, yeah they're doing well and um, and you know I thought it was going to be main man you know so I turned up there and uh, in my place was a pair of running shoes and uh, he just took me running for about four weeks and then my first game was Norwich away and I was, I was actually on the bench and he brought me on and the first, the first ball was a skyer it was like you know 90 metres in the sky on the wing very very difficult to bring it down and do something with it I'm watching it and I just caught it on my phone back heel it or somebody and uh, the lads on the bench said he wanted to bring me off and play with 10 men he said, he said what have I signed here next thing I got brought down for a penalty and uh, I wanted to take it I'm not a big penalty taker but I wanted to take it and Andy Blair took it and missed but it, it went it went wholly wrong very soon with uh, Howard when we were training and he was preparing the team for the uh, Norwich game and they had a player in midfield who comes short and looks for the ball and starts playoff so he had me doing that for the reserves so I'm, I'm coming short and getting the ball off uh, Hesford in goals and he, he rolls me the ball out and Andy Blair who's playing for the first team comes to close me down I sold him a, a little dummy clipped the ball over the top and the left winger uh, young lad from the reserves like went through and had a shot at goal and Howard Wilkinson came on he went no 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 stop it stop it get the ball back to Hezzy so ball goes back to Hezzy Andy Andy give me a bib so he puts his bib on and so we, we set it up again and Hesford rolls me the ball out I do a little move like that and I megged him clipped it over the top and the lad went through and scored right he didn't he didn't say anything he walked off the pitch and his assistant Mick Inigan who was a little bit mad as well followed him and they were chatting and, and uh, Howard went in Mick Inigan came by and he said right get yourselves into groups of four you on this corner you on this corner and all we did was running and, and uh, press ups and burpees <laughs> for about an hour and a half and uh, all the lads were going like yeah, yeah, glad we signed you I'm sensing a connection here Howard Wilkinson Simon Stainrod Howard Wilkinson Eric Cantona yes Alex that Cantona I'm, you can have him no problem at all yeah the man who you know the story or not well he doesn't seem to quite like the characters that, that we do that we base this interview upon no well, so, well, so now I'm manager of Dundee and Howard brings Dundee Football Club up and speaks to my secretary Isabel she puts through a call for me from Howard Wilkinson Howard Wilkinson right okay Howard how, how are you I'm alright uh, they'll know that Cantona what's uh, What's I think about him? I've played in France and uh, I've seen him. I said, Howard, I said, he's one of the top six players in the world. I said, he can do anything, but you won't like him. 
right? He said, okay, fine, thank you. On go, gone. Never spoke to him again until they won the league. I got invited to the football writers' dinner in London where he was presented with the Manager of the Year award. And I saw him, we're all there in our dicky bowls, like, you know, and he comes up and he says, they were right about that, can't I? <laughs> and I, I, I saw him talking to Alex Ferguson that night and I thought, aye, aye. I could imagine him going to play for him, but not, not for him, you know. Hopefully you enjoyed that big interview which was first released as an exclusive to our socios 12 months ago. If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day that they're available, it's time for you to join us, to become a socio, and for only £2.99 a month, you will get an exclusive big interview, plus regular mini-documentaries, not only all ad-free, but all featuring me and bringing you interesting, funny, and sometimes scandalous things from Spanish football. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. That means that once you join, you will have a treasure trove of interviews with funny, elite, interesting, revelatory top-class footballers. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast. You will help to keep us on the road interviewing people and sending that content for your delectation. If you go to the gym, you'll be slimmer. If you've got a dog... He or she will thank you. If you've got a TV, you can turn it off and listen to this instead. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.